0: ¡Gracias! Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. I'm your host, Elena Fox. Hey guys, I hope you're doing really well in this moment in time. And that whenever and wherever you happened to be in this uh, third dimensional reality world, uh, I hate saying that because I know we are mostly one foot in the fifth dimension and one foot in the third dimensional reality. I hope that you're able, at least sometimes, you know, maybe take a few moments a week or even a couple moments every day to imagine and visualize and just be really creative inside your imagination of what you want the fifth dimensional world to look like and what you want your reality to look like when you're there. So what's your future going to be like? We have to create it. I was, um, thinking today, I was talking to one of you and I said, you know, it's really weird. She had sent me this picture. I think it was from Jordan. She had sent me a picture of, the moon tonight. She said the moon is absolutely intense. It's super bright. And she sent me a picture and it had a picture of a very strong floodlight. And then the moon right next to it. And it looked like we had two moons. And I started thinking, you know what? One day, and this is a wild thought, but I immediately said yes to it <laughs> because I got really creative in my imagination. And I thought, boy, one day you're going to be listening to me from another planet. One day I might be vacationing on a planet that has two moons. And I I said that uh, to uh, Jordan and she said, you know what? That's a really, really trippy because I had a, a flash of an image of being in a place with a, a heavy, beautiful forest and a, and a beautiful dark night sky with three moons. Just when you said that and I read that, like it was like a flash, you know, now that could be a, a past life memory from another planet that could very easily be um, a future premonition. It could be a vision of where she's going to be headed. But I, was blown away at this thought and it's not anything that I've thought about yet until now, until today. And I thought, wow, you know, we're so stuck in this mundane world, the 3d reality of, you know, we have to take our medicine and we have to eat and we have to sleep and we have to work and we have to look for work. If we don't have work and we have to go to job interviews and we're always worried about money and we're always worried about paying things on time. Even if we have money, we're worried about getting those bills done and everything is so freaking dense here in the third dimensional, uh, world. And as it's so dense here, it's hard for us to think about the fifth dimension. It's hard for us to think about, uh, Oh, sorry about that guys. I can't say it was a technical difficulty. It was, more of a technical diffle catty because <laughs> um, somebody hopped onto the computer and shut off the screen. <laughs> I don't know why. I, you know, I went for several years having this laptop and I never knew how to shut off the screen, but boy, she just really manages to hit that button every single time. <laughs> it's okay. Knowledge. Hey, Miss Raven spell. If you want to come up here, I will hold you, but just don't touch a computer. Yes. No, she's totally ignoring me now. She's like kind of, she's cuddling by herself and purposely now ignoring me. I had to like pause it for a moment to get her off the computer. And now she's really mad because she wants to be there. I love you girl. No, nothing. Absolutely nothing. she's been doing very well by the way quick familiar report she's slept all day um, she's been very relaxed and that's good that's good for her healing I gave her her final dose of pain medicine which means she should be good tomorrow and she's been very good I fed her a plateful full of uh, shrimp today she loves shrimp and normally it's tilapia but I wanted to give her a treat of something special that she would enjoy maybe a little more than the tilapia. So anyway, but back to what I was saying, Um, but I haven't really like let my mind uh, or uh, go away, you know, in my imagination about what would that look like? I've imagined myself like on a spaceship, but I've never considered, you know, what if we're on a pink planet with an orange sky and you know, there's dolphins that can talk, or maybe there's mermaids. Um, you know, maybe it's a purple and pink planet with mermaids, or maybe it's a green and blue planet, or a turquoise um, terrain. Or you know, it, it's it sounds weird, but like, have you guys ever thought about what's going to happen when we are intergalactic? We're part of you know the greater galactic federation that's coming. And eventually we're going to be out (laughs) um, there, (laughs) like actually out there in, not just in the delegations and the committees and being an ambassador for whatever. I mean, we're going to be out in outer space. Maybe not all of us. Maybe you don't want to go and you don't have to go if you don't want to. I'm, I do want to go, but part of me gets a little nervous about the idea of it you know, it's hard for me to trust humans. How can I trust non-humans when I don't know them really well? You know, it's a little, it's a little odd, but I was thinking about like, what if you could take your, you know, imagination and run with it for like five or 10 minutes. That might be kind of a fun escape. Like what if you went to an all white planet where all the plants were white and the, um, you know, maybe there's like a blue ocean, but everything is white, like the white dirt, white sand, white, you know, palm trees. And you just feel like it looks like an angelic world. And maybe the sky is purple, you know, um, there might be, you know, a planet that where everything is, um, ultraviolet or, uh, uh glows in the dark. And so it really, becomes magical maybe it's brown during the day and then at night it's all just electric and glowing and beautiful you know um, let yourself run away with that like you know where would you go and just imagine a world and see and what if you could make something that's so peaceful and so fun and so amazing that even if it's not actually quote-unquote real what if I mean, it could be a hologram program, right? Some, sometime in the future, if there's a hollow (laughs) deck or a hollow uh, room, you know, like in star Trek, what if people were able to create based on your parameters of what you saw? So maybe it's a place you can go someday. Maybe it's a place you could recreate in your room or maybe in, you know, maybe you have a spare bedroom and you could create that in one closet as your one little go-to or, you know, place to get away from it all. You know, I don't know. I was just thinking about today though. like how wild and trippy. I mean, what is our future really going to hold? You know, it's, I don't believe it's going to be the same old, same old. I don't believe 20 years from now you're going to be driving in a car on the road, going to your office, having eight to 12 hour work days and driving home and not having any time or any uh, energy left for your family. And then eventually you're just going to die of something uh, th- that's stress related like an ulcer that you didn't treat or a heart attack or you know, just having a stroke or because you didn't eat right or, you know, exercise right or whatever. I don't believe that's going to be your fate or mine. I don't believe that our world is headed towards the same old, same old status quo. I don't believe it. I mean, I think things, I, honestly, I believe, I believe that shit is about to get wild like really wild. I mean I I've been really thinking about it like as far as the planets like what's going to happen? Like look, there's Starlink is being put up right now above our planet. He wants to put 680 satellites that will be beaming free Wi-Fi to the whole wide world now i believe this might be a net zero situation Do you guys remember net zero net zero when it started they were a um they were an internet company and they said you can have a net zero email account for free and we are gonna just charge nothing it's net zero it's zero dollars to have the free internet now you're gonna have to put up with some advertising but it's a small price to pay and so a lot of people jumped on the net zero bandwagon like, well, I want to get in on that action. I want free internet. And before you know it, it was 1995 a month. And before you know it, it was, well, if you want the faster internet, it's 49 99 a month and et cetera, et cetera. And the rest is history. And I believe the company might be history too. <laughs> it might not even be real. And if it is, I apologize. You know, <laughs> Or if you're the owner of net zero going, wait a minute, we're still around. Yeah. Well, you're welcome for the free advertising. Okay. It's like (laughs) demotivational advertising at this point. But I remember feeling really like janky about that. Like there's something wrong with these people. Like they said, Hey, free internet for life. Everyone joins up. And oops, 1999. Like what the hell is that about? I mean, we really all, everyone believed it. You know, I got a free email with them, but, um, cause I thought net zero sounded cool. You know, it was like the wave of the future, but, um, I, where we lived, we couldn't get the internet. They didn't service our area. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, it was just one of those things where it was like, man, you know what? We were just taken in by that. So bummed out that, you know they turned out to be liars. You know it's not free forever. You know just like AOL. Remember everybody sent AOL. Like we, I mean every damn day, I got one or two of those AOL discs. You know put it in and, and it's software that you upload to your computer or download to your computer from a CD, and it's a program that handles all of your email, and you get a free email. And then you have to pay like, I don't know, it was like $34.95 a month for, you know, America online. (laughs) And it was just a nuisance. Like their mail campaign was insane. I mean, I threw away like, I would say a hundred of those discs, maybe. You know, after a while, I'm thinking I better make an art project out of these, you know. Because I don't want to waste them. They're just going to end up in a landfill. It was ridiculous. But anyway, but today I was thinking, you know, I mean, and that's possible about the Starlink too. Like, you know, sure, they're going to say, it's free. It's free for the whole world, free and always will be. And then, like, in a year, it's going to be like the greed starts to kick in. And it's like, yeah, but it's free for like maybe the poorer nations. And the Americans have to pay for it, you know, and then the Europeans are kind of rich and well, maybe they're more rich. So now they've got to pay a little bit more and, and well, the Americans have to pay more. They can afford it. And and I just feel like it's going to go like that, you know, and then eventually everyone will pay for it. Well, the Americans will pay a hundred, but people in India, they only have to pay 10. You know, I feel like it's going to be a situation like that. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong and I hope to God I'm wrong, but I just, and in the meantime, they're ruining the view for all uh, astrophysicists and astronomers and people that have, um, you know, their uh, big, huge backyard telescopes because it's exciting to look at the cosmos. And now, how the hell can we see them with, with the chain link? I mean, Starlink <laughs> surrounding us like a grid. Anyway, so anyway, but, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, I mean, there are little bits and pieces and snippets and ideas of the future is coming. And that's one of them, you know, and when I look at this space program, the secret space program. And I look at the um, cosmic disclosure, uh, series on, on Gaia.com. I just feel like it's either real or it's not if it's not, it's an entertaining show. And if it is real, I mean, we're in for a wild, wild trip. I mean, it's, it's really, really crazy. I mean, the aliens are coming. (laughs) They really are. You know, the extraterrestrials are going to be here. I'm channeling them. They say they're coming and they can't wait to meet us. They're really excited about it. And they want to be, um, want us to be part of the bigger picture, the big exchange and whatnot. But what does that look like for us? So I, anyway, I want you guys to think about it. You know, maybe you can actually see a, a real uh, future, real vision. Maybe it's going to come to you. And those of you who are star seeds or mystical travelers who have lived other lifetimes on other planets, you might have a flash of inspiration of what it used to look like when you were there before in another, on another planet or in another world. I had a friend, uh, Helen who one day she said, you know, I had a dream about you and we were scientists on a planet that blew up. And I want you to go into that life, go into it right now, go check it out. We were together. We're scientists on another world and it's our fault because we couldn't come up with the solution and the damn thing blew up and we were living like under domes because the atmosphere was gone and we were trying to fix the atmosphere and we just did the wrong thing. We didn't, you know, we made one scientific error and boom. And I'm like, what the hell kind of memory is that? (laughs) What? No, come on. And then, so I went into a meditation. She said, I'm going to listen to some music. You go do that for 45 minutes and come back and tell me if it's not true. So I started asking, you know, Hey God, show me this if it's true. And Oh my God, I saw exactly what she saw. And I came back. She said, what color was the sky? You know, things, you know, details. She didn't mention. You know, and she had been in the Navy for 27 years. So, I mean, you know, she knew what to mention and what not to mention enough to spark the memory. But you know, and I would say like the color of the sky, which I think was like, um, purple or something. And she's like, but what color was our skin? I'm like, well, it was like orange. And she's like, yeah, exactly. That's the, that's the one I remember too. I'm like, I don't remember us blowing a planet up. What the hell? You know, and it might not have been us. it might have been someone else, was it us? God says yes, damn it. So Helen is right. Sorry about that. Oops, my bad. <laughs> I'm a mystic traveler, which means I originated um you know, on this planet is the first planet I incarnated on, and then I've traveled to other planets throughout different lifetimes where I where my spirit was needed, and then I always end up back on Earth. And those of you who are, um, so if you're a mystic traveler, that's also your scenario. But if you are a star seed, that means you originated somewhere else on another planet in another galaxy or universe. And now you're here to help humanity ascend. And then you'll probably go back to your original planet at some point. So anyway, I just want to mention that. So if you, um, do this exercise. Imagine you're somewhere on another planet and you're laying on the equivalent of a lounge bed or a lounge chair or a couch somewhere. And you're like indoors looking outside or you're outside next to a lake or a pool or a river or an ocean or something. Imagine like, what does the temperature look like? What does your waiter or waitress look like? If there is one, is it a robot? Is it, you know, uh, a person? Is it a hominid with, you know, (laughs) with a star pattern, you know, like the head and two arms and two legs, or is it more of a tentacle situation? (laughs) You know, pay attention to stuff, write it all down and see. Cause I mean, I feel like when shit hits the fan and, and those people come from all over, all over, Because once we join the Galactic Federation, it's going to open up trading. It's going to open up. I mean, can you imagine us making a big stink about trading with Cuba all these years? Holy shit. What are we going to open up when trade becomes available? Can you imagine? You know, um, all the stuff we're going to be. Can you imagine the drugs that they have on other planets? Oh my God or what alcohol is like on other planets. Oh my God, there's going to be so many regulations and there's got to be so many. I mean, it's going to be really, really weird. You know, when you think about star Trek or star Wars and all these movies about space and other planets and other people on other planets and their cultures, it's going to be really, really trippy to experience this stuff firsthand. Like I would love to travel to Andromeda for real in this physical body you know, and go see my friends and go talk to them. I would love that. I would love to, um, this is going to be really trippy. If, if it's possible, even when we're in the fifth dimension, can I go visit the other selves uh, that are me that I'm living? I'm living other lifetimes right now in the fifth dimension. Now, if we all move up to the fifth dimension, what if we could go visit the other aspects of ourselves, ourself, ourselves that, is living right now what if you while you're doing this exercise remember oh crap I'm I, you know I'm in you know the Arcturus uh, star system on a planet over there you know I'm over there and I've got green skin and I'm you know a mom with nine kids I'm raising or I'm a dad or I'm you know I'm a ship merchant or whatever the hell you know well if you have these memories you're something else or someone else. You know, I, I was having a dream like for a while, like a recurring dream that I have a boyfriend who's blue <laughs> and he's got like, he feels like a snake to touch him. He's got like, um, his, uh, you know, and snakes are not slimy. For those of you who've never touched a snake, snakes are very, um, cool to the touch and their skin is very, uh, smooth and kind of, um, leathery, but it's very, um, Soft, It's very, very soft unless they're about to shed and then not so soft. But, um, but I don't think this guy shed. I, that'd be creepy. Oh, maybe he does. I don't know. But he looked like, um, what, what really freaked me out is I had this dream that my boyfriend was blue. He's from the, like the galactic federation or whatever, which in my dream that was before I knew about the actual galactic federation but it was like suddenly something happened, everything opened up and now aliens are coming left and right They're They're here. They're there. They're everywhere. We're going to their worlds. They're coming here. Everything is kind of like pandemonium, but also it's super, super fun. And, um, he gave us, uh, treats from his planet. You know, he would always bring stuff home for my kids and he had a special, uh, freezer. Where he kept his food, and it was really tall, and all of the food was like colder than dry ice. It had to be kept super, super cold. And um, so I had this dream, and I ha- kept having this dream that this is my boyfriend. And then one day, my daughter said, I had a dream that you had a blue boyfriend, and he's like from another planet, and he doesn't have any hair, and he has like scales. His skin is like scales but like a snake and he's like blue and green and he's really handsome, which is weird. Yeah. You know, I'm like, yeah, that's right. Um, I had a dream about him too. And she's like, what the hell is that? I'm like, I don't know. And my son had the same dream. Like we're all having this dream that I'm now dating an alien. (laughs) Sorry. I couldn't find a man on earth. So, you know, Hey, I had to, had to go rogue and, (laughs) you know, but my daughter said, yeah, there was like this ice cream that he gave us, and when we ate it, it, it looked like it had like nanotechnology and it looked like tongues. So, when you stick your tongue out, the ice cream would stick its tongue out at you, but it was like you know, a hundred tongues, little itty bitty tongues. And when you lick the ice cream, the ice cream would lick you back. <laughs> and she said it was really strange and interesting, and it tasted very good. And it was unlike any fruit we had on Earth, and it, it was like a fruit flavor from his planet you know, and he brought us treats like that all the time. Cause he was always like, he had a very important position in whatever system of government was ruling, you know, the Federation or whatever. And he would come and go and then he would get to go back to his home world. And he'd always bring us, um, treats home when he came back. But he lived with us for most of the time or half the time when he was on the planet. <clears throat> it was like such a weird, I mean, that's not my twin flame. I know who my twin flame is, who is, he, he's actually a human, but I keep having this really wild. Um, it's, it's not now, but for a while, this was my really wild dream. And he showed up to me one day and appeared he was out of phase. He was in a different dimension and he was out of phase. And I was, um, remember like he kind of It's gonna sound weird. Like accosted me in the bathroom. I was in the bathroom in my house you know, married with kids, normal scenario for me, normal night. And I was high, you know, it was very normal for me back then. And I was, um, leaning over, um, the sink and I was, uh, splashing water on my face. Cause I was kind of hot. It was like in, in the summertime. And all of a sudden I felt him in the bathroom with me and he put his arms around me. And that's when I first was aware of him. So he's a real being. I don't even remember his name at the moment. Oh wait, I called him, Taronha. which is, which is ironic because it means grapefruit in Spanish. Which I did not know that word until I got to Mexico, and there was a grapefruit soda called taronja, because it's it's grapefruit. It's really excellent. I highly recommend grapefruit soda, guys, if you ever. <laughs> Find a place that has um, the Mexican sodas. My God, they're really good. But um, so I was like, that's weird. I was calling him like it was almost like Tranya, which is funny. It's like a weird way of saying Taronha, which is grapefruit juice was the drink in um, that episode of um, Star Trek. And I've I know I've talked about this on the show before. This guy in this situation and Taronha and Tranya and all that. I have mentioned this before. I think in the first season, maybe again in the second season. But, um, but I've been thinking about that. Like I've been thinking about him necessarily so much, but I've been thinking about like what situation in which all these aliens are coming and going and they all look different and they're all from different places and we're all learning about their culture and they set up like cultural exchange centers where we can learn about them and they can learn about us and we're learning about their food, their customs, their whatever. And I started thinking about like, you know, I have never thought about why don't we all just think about what is our future when it includes space and space beings, we all want them to come with they we want them all to come and give us their technology. And then how, how is that going to change our lives? Are we really going to just go back to, you know, everything is normal, but then, I'll catch the Pleiadians on the weekend when I'm not working. Is it going to be like that? I mean, when they give us the uh, replicators, where we can just replicate money. We don't need money anymore. We just replicate whatever the hell we need. We don't even need to go to work anymore. How are we going to live our lives? What are we going to do? Where are we going to go on vacation? I mean, it seems like if we have available to us like 30 planets or 36 planets where You know, it's going to be, um, you know, totally different experience every single time, you know, maybe every weekend, maybe we could, you know, work on a ship and then go to a different place every weekend. What's that going to look like for us? What, you know, so I was just thinking about that'd be a very fun and strange and unusual kind of a creative visualization for you guys as well as for me, you know, like if three moons are coming up at dusk on a blue planet, what's it going to feel like, you know? And I did have a long time ago. I had a dream that there were, that I was on a planet where the skies were pink and two suns came up. And I thought that was really, really weird. And I, I thought for a moment that that was actually earth. And I was at like a swimming pool and I was like wearing a a bathing suit. I was going to go swimming and um, it was at dusk or I know I'm at dawn and the two suns started to come up and I thought I better finish my swim and get back inside because this is too dangerous for my skin. It's like, you know, double the threat, right? One sun is enough to give you skin cancer. What the hell is two suns going to do for us? And I remember waking up going, damn, I hope we don't get two suns. That's kind of scary. And yet there's been talk of the splitting of the two earths and two suns showing up and the talk of, um, the insanity, (laughs) the sheer insanity of this idea that the sun burned out a long time ago and China replaced it with a fake sun. That was one weird conspiracy theory going around for a minute. Um, And the other idea that the sun used to be yellow. Now it's white because it's burning out. Went from a a hydrogen to a helium sun, or maybe that's opposite. Maybe from a helium to hydrogen. Maybe, no, maybe it did go in the way of the helium. I think that, that, and that actually did happen. You know, that's, uh, it was on the NASA website. Anyway, I don't know. I just, I've been thinking about all this crazy stuff today. Like, you know, like what, What is it going to be like when they come? I mean, there's no way our life is going to be status quo at all anymore. I mean, it seems like we're all going to get our own spaceships. You know, the family car is going to be the family spaceships. It's going to be like the Jetsons. There's no way it's not. Or we might still be using our cars for a while, but they'll give us a way to replicate our own gasoline. So we're no longer using it petrol and then when it burns it off, it adds more oxygen to our atmosphere. You know, be something that just burns clean and makes our um, planet less polluted. But I mean, when the planet is no longer polluted and everything is fine and safe again, and we don't have to work and we don't have to earn money because money's either obsolete or we all just make it in our replicators at home. Now what? Now what are you going to do? I mean, for me, I'll be doing art. Maybe I'll learn how to play an instrument or two. I'll play a lot. You know, I'll just be playing, you know, play pool. (laughs) I'll be swimming in a swimming pool. I'll be playing billiards, you know. If I could replicate enough money, I'll make a bowling alley and just bowl. I love to bowl. It'll be fun. We just play all the time. We just do stuff. Go to the movies. Make movies. You know, fund movies with the money I just replicated. <laughs> I don't know. I want you guys to think about it. You know, and if you have fun with this exercise, you know, um, and if you come up with any insights, you know, maybe you remember a planet you're from. Maybe you remember a planet you used to live on, or maybe you remember a planet that you uh, have visited in your dreams, or maybe you remembered an alien you met in your dreams it was like your best friend and he was your neighbor and oh my god you just remembered that because i sparked something write to me uh, um, at mermaid girl 888 on instagram let me know so um megan uh, wrote to me and said okay she does know that she felt like she was a different person on that monday last week and she bought two bras Last or like a week and a half ago, like the week before, she had bought two bras at the store and she tried them on in the store. She knew exactly what they were and what they looked like. And she came home and put them away in her drawer. And today she pulled out one of the bras and it was a racer back bra, you know, where it kind of meets in the middle and it had extra straps. And when she bought it, it only had the normal straps to go on one on each side. That's it. (laughs) I told you guys things like that weird little details, you know, and she said, I don't like racer backs. I purposely bought this bra to be that way, the way that I bought it. And now it's not now it's a racer back. How the hell did that happen? And she wrote me from work, you know, from work. And she said, "My God, when I get home, that other bra better be normal. <laughs> you know, what if that's a racerback too? Like, what the hell? Like the, you know." And, and then we start talking about that, and we start talking about how um, we don't know what happens to the other us. <laughs> we hop the timeline, and what the hell happened to the us that picked out the racerback bra? or the brown jacket versus the black jacket or didn't buy enough toilet paper or whatever, you know, like, you know, damn, this sucks. I just bought groceries and then I hop a timeline and now I'm out of groceries. It's only been two days, (laughs) man. That, you know, and then what happens to, are you replaced by another you that also moved up? There's so many questions about this. I don't know the answers to yet. We might have to, I might have to just have a question and answer session with God about these things and do a conversations with God session. I don't know. Do we reabsorb the person that was us that bought those things that we are questioning now? I mean, this hoodie I'm wearing looks awkward. It used to say Lucifer across the bottom. Now it says Lucifer across the boobs. And it's like, it looks more awkward than it did. It said he isn't one. Now it says he's not one. In a city of angels, he's not one. In a city of angels, he isn't one. That's what it used to say. Or he isn't one, whatever. So, it's all very, very weird. And I think when I jumped, I jumped to a, a, I, I did. remember I told you guys, I jumped to a timeline where things seemed like shittier, like the infrastructure somehow was really crappy. And maybe that's not true. You know, maybe, you know, I mean, I, I jumped to a timeline where they're doing tons of construction and the whole house was shaking. And I found out that's because they're putting a sewer system in the town. Well, where I came from they know, no one ever talked about it so maybe you know hey I, maybe I did jump to a better world possibly you know I jumped to a world where there was no electricity for all day and there was no water for half the day and there was no Wi-Fi and it just generally sucked I'm like how did I jump to this world you know can I just jump to a world in which I have a kick-ass TV <laughs> I don't even have a TV war at all I'm like, you know, why can't I just jump to a world where I'm rich and living in a mansion and have a TV? You know, I don't know if we jumped out much, but eventually, we'll get there to wherever, whatever it is that we want. And it'll be one of those situations where by the time I have a TV, I have no time to watch it. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not true, but yeah, you know, I could, you know, 'cause I want to watch movies at least on the weekends. But I don't know what is your what is your fantasy planet going to look like because I bet there's an actual planet out there that will fit the bill for what you are seeking. And maybe, and maybe there might even be a hologram or like a, um, a movie, a surround you know, we have surround sound. What if we're going to have surround vision where you could sit in a room where the whole room is the TV and you're in the center of it. And it feels like you're actually really there and you get these what I'm, I'm just gonna say a DVD, but it'll be something different that will like maybe it's called a space disc, a space laser disc or something that will project what the actual planet looks like and maybe sounds like maybe it'll be smell of vision. <laughs> you know, maybe you can actually have a room like a hollow room, like where you just it's like a holodeck, but, I mean, I don't know. Like your, if you ever watched community be like the Imaginarium, you know, I just, I, I've thought about this today and I wanted to bring it up and have it as a super fun exercise for those of you that need a little bit more in your life. A little bit of, um, hope, I suppose, or a little bit of an escape sometimes, make the planet you go to your happy place and it's only yours. You could, you know, draw pictures of it or just imagine it and you could go there in your mind anytime you need a little bit of a break. But anyway, uh, speaking of aliens last night at the very, we end of my channeling, the tall whites came. They surrounded me the tall white aliens. I was just like, Oh my God, I don't want to end up doing a whole nother hour of the show. Why do they show up two minutes at the end? I'm like, what the hell, man? <laughs> you know? <laughs> are, are you with me now? Okay, good. I'm sure they're hearing me though. I'm sure. Cause they're, they're like, they seem to be watchers or like not watchers. Like I'm a watcher cause I'm an archangel incarnate. So I'm here to watch, you know, the humans and, protect them from demons whenever possible. But I don't mean to watch her like that, but there seem to be like they're observers of humanity. And even last night, I'm like, do you guys want me to like channel you or tell people? And they're like, no, we're just here to watch you. I'm like, what the hell? Like it's so unnerving. And in the back of the hair on the back of my neck always stands up. I feel like I do when I was in the woods and a mountain lion was looking at me thinking "Mm, yummy, yummy snack. (laughs) Ooh, I bet she, you know, I bet that strawberry smells like shortcake. Let me get closer. (laughs) I mean, seriously, I I remember being in the woods a few times where there's a mountain lion present and I couldn't see him, but I felt him. And it's like, ooh, the back of your neck just gets all kinds of prickly and even your spine starts to prickle a little bit. It just feels really, um, you feel like on edge like and almost like an electricity fills the air and that's how I felt when the tall great or the tall white aliens were there and um, they're tall. I mean, they're like 12 feet tall or something. They're massive and they could shrink themselves down to like eight or nine feet, you know, but I feel like in their normal form, they might even be 16 feet tall. They're really, really big. And they said, we've come to uh, fix you you know, like basically to prepare my body for, um, the fifth dimension. I'm like, cool. You know, if you're going to help me, if you're going to give me any of these CDs, the spiritual gifts, please give me the one where I don't have to bathe anymore. And I'm always clean <laughs> or my house is always clean out to clean it anymore. Please let that be the one. I mean, I would gladly trade in my ability to smell what somebody else is smelling right now. You know, <laughs> If I could trade it in, like I don't need that one. I mean, you know, sometimes I don't want to smell your steak or your pepper or your, you know, wine. Maybe I'm okay not smelling that. If I could always be hundred percent clean, hundred percent of the time, because that would be cool. That's what I want. I want my hair to always be clean. I don't have to wash it. I don't have to, you know, and if I choose to, it's because I want to have the sensuous experience of having a luxurious shower somewhere. Course, that's gonna be when I'm rich because right now my shower is very unfun to shower in it's cold cold water and I mean the landlord came in changed the heating element the heating coil it lasted about 10 damn minutes and now it's back to cold showers again so I'm just like I don't even I don't even know <laughs> but um, eventually he's gonna do something with the water and It'll be like a normal experience again, but we're using electric shower heads, which is supposed to be hot water on demand, but they don't work very well and you don't get any kind of spray. It's like you have to have it on like barely any water flow to get the hottest water. It's really ridiculous. It's really hard to wash your hair under these circumstances. But um, anyways, that's so not like I want that one. I want where my body and my hair are hundred percent clean hundred percent of the time, but they said they're going to, um, where they say revamp or something like my whole body. And I said, all right, whatever, have at it. I'm going to sleep. And the cat came and she laid down next to me and we slept for almost 12 hours in a row. Like I usually get up early, like six in the morning and I usually, you know, go to the bathroom, brush my teeth, go back to bed, wake up around nine and decide whether or not it's worth it staying up or not. And I just, I think I might've woke up around nine and then I fell right back to sleep. So whatever they did to me, I mean, I slept like 11 and a half hours. And the only reason I woke up is because my son was calling me and he needed something. He had, we had a conversation and he needed something from me. So that was it. I don't know what the hell they did to me exactly, but I feel like a different person again today from yesterday. And I was obviously upset because I don't know, those of you that did listen to yesterday's show, the title of the show said intro. I'm like, what the hell? Why did I name the show? Like, I had cut and pasted it. I mean, the Mercury retrograde shadow period. Mercury's already direct. We're out of mercury retrograde. And then here we go with, I'm still making mercury retrograde like mistakes. I changed it. So for those of you who said, wait a minute, it used to say intro analysis channeling. Did I hop a timeline? No, you didn't. I fixed it. So in case, you know, don't, don't freak out if you see that. No, I fixed it, but I mean, yeah, I can't believe it said intro. Were you guys like weirded out by that? I I definitely was today. I'm like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did I say intro? Oh my God. (laughs) That was crazy. That was crazy. I don't make mistakes like that normally, but the fact that these tall white aliens were in my room, I was like kind of like really weirded out again. Every time they come, I get very unnerved. Like, they're very sweet. They're very gentle. They they have a lot of love, but they're very logical and they seem logical and cold and quiet. And they have like very big heads and they seem like they're wearing white robes and they're very white. You know, when I call myself white, I'm not white like them. They're white, like paper, you know? Um, <laughs> but yeah, my body's kind of like a pinkish color, you know, like they're, actually white almost like white and gray mixed and they look a little bit like the gray aliens that were typical that you know are typical to us you know that we've seen you know in all the artwork and whatnot but um they look a little bit like that but their heads are shaped a little bit different and they're like white I don't know they're very holy they're very like high 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 vibration like They're like ascended masters from their own race, (sighs) you know, and they feel very austere and they're very powerful spiritually, but it's still so fucking unnerving when they just show up. It's like, you know, it's like they just show up and it's almost like, you know, have you ever been in the um, hospital and you're asleep and then the nurse walks in and wakes you up. Okay. It's time to give you your treatment now or change your bandages or do whatever. And you're just like, Whoa, Oh, Whoa. I'm in the hospital and whoa, people are around me trying to do shit. You know, they're there to love and help you. They're there to do the job and do things nice for you. But at the same time, it's unnerving as hell. You're asleep and you're vulnerable when you're asleep. And then all of a sudden they're there and you're like, Whoa, you're surrounded by strangers basically. I hate staying in the hospital. I've stayed in the hospital too many times in my life. And it's like every couple of hours, there's a brand new nurse and you're just like, well, man, now I've got to get to know a whole nother person, you know, <laughs> while I'm screwed up on the drugs that they gave me and I'm scared for my life and whatever. I've been hospitalized a lot for asthma, pneumonia, bronchitis, you know, not, thank you, God, not a long time, knock on wood, but, um, But it's, it's that kind of an unnerving feeling, but you're not sick and you're not asleep and you wake up to them. They just show up whenever usually they show up when I'm cooking and they just want to see how I do things. It's weird. Then I feel a little bit weird. I feel a little bit embarrassed or sheepish about my life. Like why? Yeah. I'm stirring an egg. Well, Oh my God. Are you judging my technique? You know, Yeah, I'm, are you judging them I'm having scrambled eggs for dinner? Oh my God, why are they watching me? This is embarrassing. Like it's just it's embarrassing. You know, hear them doing the show, and then they just show up, and I'm like, man, it's not that I don't love them or whatever. Is I just it I I get really unnerved, and now I'm scared that they're hearing me. Of course, so I don't want to say anything to upset them. You know, not that they couldn't handle it because they're spiritual masters, but at the same time, it's like there's no warning. We don't have an appointment. You didn't write me on WhatsApp. You know, you just show up. You know, they live in a whole different vibe, a whole different world, a whole different exchange of energy happening there. And, um, it makes it really weird for me sometimes when this happens. I don't know. Um, Oh my God. I'm trying to think if there's anything else that happened other than I slept a very long time after they said, we're going to, um, treat you now or, um, prepare you. Or I think they said, we're going to ready you. You know, it's always unnerving when, you know, it was like six or seven. No, it was like six tall white aliens. They were like about 12 feet tall. They were almost as tall as my 14 foot ceiling. Hi, we're here to ready you for the fifth dimension. And then I just get knocked out and I wake up 12 hours. That's so unnerving. It's like, okay. <laughs> and the cat was there right at my side, sleeping with me the whole time. She's always, always, um, Racing around and running around and meowing a lot, and not last night. She was just at my side asleep. I think we were holding paws with each other the whole night. She fell asleep with her face on my face and her little lips touching my lips. It was super adorable, you know. And then she slumped herself across my neck like she likes to, and she um purrs on me, and um, you know. And for those of you who've been thinking about my little familiar and if she's going to punish me for what I did, taking her to the doctor and putting her through all of this trauma. Yes. She has started to disrespect me at least once a day. She comes and sits on my head or she'll sit on my face. And it's like, um <laughs> and I know, too many dirty jokes can't even start there with that. But yeah. So my cat comes sits on my head and then what? I'm like, what are you doing? Are you disrespecting me right now? And then she'll go, meow, like kind of like a no, but maybe kind of sneering meow. And then I'm like, can you please stop? And then she'll like meow. Yes. And then she'll stop. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> So, yeah, the punishments have began. I don't know how long they're going to go on. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, she does hold a grudge. She's very intelligent, and she has a long memory, so we're going to see how long it takes her before suddenly she's not disrespecting me any longer. But she is sleeping with me more. It's pretty nice. I like it. Right now she's sleeping on the floor next to me. She pulled a little plastic bag out of the cabinet and she likes to sleep on the plastic bags, which right now that's just good for her, you know, keep her clean. She's not on the floor. She's, you know, very good. She's keeping her, her um, stitches clean and she's not even touching them at all. I told her not to, and she's been very good about that. I'm like if you put if you touch your stitches, I'm gonna have to put that that stupid collar on you. <laughs> the, you know the cone of shame, <laughs> cone of silence. <laughs> As in just be silent, stop laughing at me right now. Oh, this is so sad. But I'm like I'm gonna have to put that on if you if you you know hurt your stitches. So she's been very careful not to touch them. So very smart cat. My little Lyran baby. Anyway, uh, let's get into the uh, uh, spaceweather.com and see what's going on. I think that uh, that solar flare, I mean solar winds, I think that it barely grazed the planet and that we really did not. um, That was it. And by the way, it was a full moon tonight. Um, We might have to talk about that in a little bit. Um, but right now let's just do this. The spaceweather.com is where we find out about all the things that might be affecting us in an Ascension symptom sort of way. And the solar wind speed right now is 377.5 kilometers per second. So it looks like we are not being hit by any solar winds at all. And it barely, it didn't even touch us. There is um, only one sunspot facing us and it's just stable. It's the same as it's been. So everything is kind of calm and quiet. We have had the uh, neutron counts have gone up. So we're getting cosmic radiation and it's gone up by 0.2% in the past 48 hours or basically since yesterday, because yesterday had not moved. There's now no significant coronal holes on the earth side um, of the sun. So we have nothing going to be coming our way. NASA's All-Sky Fireball Network and the All-Sky Cameras did scan the skies above the United States today for meteoritic fireballs, and there were only six to be seen, and they were all uh, sporadic. The noctilucent clouds are really thick and dense, so if you want to see them, and you're in the northern hemisphere, just go on outside and at dusk and look. And if the sky looks like it's glowing blue, well, congratulations—you've just seen a noctilucent cloud. Otherwise known as an NLC. Uh, according to disclosure news.it coming out of Italy, the Schumann Resonance news is this. Uh, they had two spikes of 36 followed by a spike of 51 hertz frequency. And that is the Schumann Resonance news for the night. We do not have any information coming from HeartMath Institute. Their uh, data has been temporarily unavailable all week long unfortunately so there you have it I'm going to tell you guys some news about the full moon and then we're gonna go um, do some channeling for you tonight all right so according to almanac.com which is the website for the old farmers almanac this month's full moon uh, when the moon rose today. That was a super moon, which it's the last one of the year, which means it's closer to earth than the rest of the year. And it's the last super moon of the season of the year. And I hope you guys got to see it. It's massive and really bright because it's closer and it's bright because the sun is bouncing off of the moon and the moon is a reflection which is why it's a repre- like it's representing the subconscious mind. Um also it's representing female or um you know like the fe- the feminine <clears throat> that represents um the reflection of the divine masculine in the twin flame uh thing, which is apt that I say that because tonight's uh, full moon is in the sign of Gemini and Castor and Pollux was right there on the horizon with the full moon. I did not see it because I'm always living in cloud cover (laughs) here at the beach. It's just, I can't even see the sky at all. Can't even see the stars. I know this is not my final resting place because of this. Anyway, tonight is also called, uh, the tonight's full moon is also called the strawberry moon. And it's traditionally called that because it's the first, it's the last full moon of spring or the first full moon of the summer, depending on the time when it happens, although solstice already happened. So, it's, right now, this is the first full moon of the summer in the Northern Hemisphere. And the uh, strawberry moon is what it is called by the tribal peoples from the Algonquin, Ojibwe, Dakota, and Lakota peoples, among others. And it marks the ripening of the June bearing strawberries that are now ready to be gathered. And I really envy you guys because I love strawberries. (laughs) The Haida term uh, berries ripen moon also reflects this. Now as the flowers bloom and early fruit ripens, June is a great time of abundance for many. Now if you want to see a really beautiful picture of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco with this big super moon, In the sky, you could go to almanac.com forward uh, slash content forward slash full dash moon dash June. Now, the alternative June moon names are the uh, blooming moon from the Anishinaabe uh, peoples. And it indicates the flowering season and the green corn moon in the Cherokee, my, my family's tradition. And the Hoer moon, H-O-E-R, Hoer moon, um, by the Western Abenaki, it suggests that it's time to tend to our young crops so that we can prepare for the fall and, of course, the winter. Now, other names highlight uh, this is a time of new life. The Tlingit tribe called this the birth moon. refers to the time when animals are born in uh, the Pacific Northwest. This is also known as the egg laying moon and the hatching moon, according to Cree terms that hint at a time of many animal babies. And I know one special person who is in the Cree tribe, who just got a new kitten (laughs) and congratulations on your new baby cat, Janine. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Alternative European names for this moon include the honeymoon and the mead moon. M-E-A-D, mead. Oh, love honey mead. <laughs> June was traditionally the month of marriages and it's named after the Roman goddess of marriage, Juno. Following marriage comes the honey moon, which might be tied to the alternative moon name, uh, the honey moon, <laughs> which is actually pretty funny. I, when I first read the words honeymoon, I didn't think honeymoon. I thought honey moon or Luna de Miel in Spanish there was one of my favorite places in Antigua Guatemala was a little cafe called Luna de miel and it was like a french cafe and they played parisian music um what you would imagine they played throughout paris which they most likely do not but <laughs> except in old movies and it was a very very beautiful um place where my kids and I would go once or twice a week to eat crepes <laughs> Well, it cut me off. How rude. (laughs) All right. I'm going to finish this so we can get to it. Um, So according to hypebay.com, which is H-Y-P-E-B-A-E.com, this strawberry moon will appear as early as the morning of June 23rd and lasts until June 26th. But the moon will be full officially at 1140 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. So it's already happened. It already happened hours and hours ago. Um, (laughs) It happened an hour after I woke up today at 240 on the eastern coast. So basically, um, according to uh, this website, they say this particular lunation, according to Sanctuary's resident astrologer Jane Sloan is that it's going to carry an optimistic flavor of fortune and bounty where we may be experiencing growth and the yield of creation that we started back in January's new moon time. So that's pretty cool. Um, trying to think about what did I want in January? I think I wanted to move to the coast and here I am listening to the beach. As I'm talking to you guys I, I can hear the ocean from here so yay <laughs> it worked <laughs> um, let's see if you want to know about what's going on um, astrologically for your sign um, you can go ahead and look on either hype bay or cosmopolitan.com refinery29.com um, bustle.com those are ones I recommend if you want to get deep into the astrology uh, Heather astrology with Heather or astro kit on um, on uh, YouTube usually have very very good information about it so I'm not gonna uh, spend any more time on this but you could go check it out. And a lot of people for some really weird reason on Instagram, a lot of people were putting up uh, weird uh, notices of it's a full moon, but if you're exhausted, you know, we're going to have a full moon next month. You don't have to bother doing witchcraft this, this season if you don't want to like, I like several, several uh, people had posts that were similar that they wrote themselves. And it's like, wow, it's apparently not just me feeling crazy and, um, not really ready or willing to do anything with the moon right now. (laughs) You know, I've been very uh, tired dealing with my cat. I have less than two weeks to get my visa situation straightened out here. So I'm going to have to roll on in without an appointment and, you know, say I've got a piece of paper to drop off to my file from the other day when I was here, you know, basically lie (laughs) You know, and I'm going to have to take some paperwork that I hope they're going to accept. You know, I'm just like, knock on wood, everything will be fine. I'm sure it will, but it's just going to be one of those crazy things. I don't even know if I'm going to take the cat with me and it's a pretty long ways away. I might have to spend the night and, um, So I'm just like, I don't know what to do. Just do I take the cat on an eight hour journey with me on a bus full of people? I mean, I'm not even vaccinated yet. Um, I found out where I could get my vaccination and I was excited about it. And then talking to my son today and he's like, so the vaccinations in Ecuador are from Russia, the Sputnik vaccinations. I'm like, yeah, it's a Russian one what do you think? And he's like, I think it's an experiment and no one knows what it's going to do. And so he's quite worried that the vaccination might hurt me or kill me or not work. you know. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm like, but I want to be vaccinated so I can just go out without a mask and not worry anymore. But my son is fully vaccinated. He's not an anti-vaxxer. He's just excited about the same thing, you know, but he also is worried about his mom which is very sweet. And I very much love him for that. And I love him anyway, but that was so sweet. They were so worried about me. He's like looking into it for me. To, and he told me the pros and cons of all the ones today, which of course I don't remember, but <laughs> anyway, um, so I do not have got a lot of crap going. So I'm just like, I don't know if I'm going to do anything for the full moon. And, I think a lot of people feel the same way. Like, God, this was a very rough season. Like the eclipse it's, it's felt like one eclipse after another and one <clears throat> astrological event over another. And then plus a few extra things that we weren't expecting and things that happened for the first time in like 80 or 90 years, you know, a couple of the things. I mean, a lot of the things we haven't seen in 20 years, you know, or 10 years. It's like crazy. Like, I don't know about you guys, but I just feel like rough. I don't even remember what happened. I just know I feel like I've been on a fucking roller coaster emotionally and um, physically. And I'm ready to, you know, coast on into <laughs> the rest of the summer without having to deal right now with like extra moon stuff. You know, so, you know, if you don't feel like doing anything, don't do anything. Hey, you know what? You don't have to. I mean, there's 12 or there's, I'm sorry, excuse me. There's 13 full moons every year, 13 new moons every year. It's not necessary that you do something for every single one of them. And you could also do stuff in between the moons as well. If you are a witch, don't feel guilty. <laughs> you know, if you missed it and you're just like, damn, you know, it's over now. Yeah, well, but it will have the effects of it through the 26. So, you know, I think you could still eek or little, you know, candles, lighting ceremony or, you know, incense or at least take a nice full moon bath. I don't believe there's another eclipse involved. So thank God for that. Anyway, um, I'm going to take a quick break guys. When I come back, we are going to channel Paramahansa Yogananda ji right after this. guys so we're going to hop right on into it I am a telepathic channeler which means I use my gifts that God gave me of psychic um, vision including clairvoyance clairsentience um, pretty much all the clairs I can see smell taste touch feel what the person is trying to transmit to me and it's something I've developed over the past 30 three some odd years. Um, although I've been telepathic my whole life since I was a kid. Um, the other senses have come more, um, to pass in the past few uh, years as I've uh, gotten closer to meeting my twin flame. These, uh, powers get a little stronger, which is pretty cool. I'm really grateful for it because it affords me the ability therefore to bring to you guys the information from a wide variety of, um, spiritual sources from ETs to God himself to ascended masters. And tonight is no different. I'm going to bring you a message from Paramahansa Yogananda. He uh, started the self-realization fellowship, uh, which is found all over the world. He started it in the United States after he traveled there from India on his uh, ship ride over uh, from India to the United States, which at that time, I want to say he went there in the thirties maybe, or the forties. Anyway, when he was there um, or when he's on the ship, it took like several months to come over and he started to panic because God had told him to go to the United States basically go to America and on the way over he started panic because he was like oh my gosh I don't know English like at all I don't know I never I knew to go but I didn't it didn't occur to me to even go learn English so he hadn't taken any classes he didn't have an English Hindu dictionary or Hindi dictionary he just I don't know. He just prayed and he thought about having English and all of a sudden he had English. It was just, just like that. Like, I don't know. I can't remember. And it's in the stories in the autobiography of a Yogi written of course by uh, Paramahansa Yogananda. And, um, it's a really, really good book. I highly recommend it. And if you like the book and you want to take his lessons, there's srf.org where you can, uh, take his spiritual lessons, which are pretty much five years. It's 60 lessons or something. And it's like, is that it? Or one, one a month or one a week. I don't know. It was, it was, it's pretty long though. It's like five years worth of lessons. And, There's also um, exercises and how to meditate and all kinds of cool things. And then you can go to the convocation and get um, the official Kriya yoga as handed down by Mahavatar Babaji and the long line of the uh, yogis or the gurus, the teachers that um, teach people how to be one with the divine and commune with divine which is what a yogi is. Uh, yoga means communion with God and Raja yoga is the type of yoga that Parmahansa Yogananda followed Raja means Royal, the Royal road to union with God. And, um, well, there you have it. That's my introduction of him, uh, from (laughs) stuff. I remember because I was a part of SRF for many years And um, you know, the one in there, he has a temple in Hollywood. He has one in Malibu. I had a lot of magical experiences occur while I was at the temple in Malibu. Um, Like seen in the little tiny temple, the pictures will of the gurus of SRF will, um, they will turn their heads, look at you and they will speak with you and you could be looking at their picture and then you'll feel the person who you're looking at in the picture will suddenly be sitting beside you and they will tell you to be quiet and keep looking forward, but they will tell you instruction from all kinds of things like, you know, things you're going through in your life. If you're having a problem, they'll help you or sometimes they'll tell you uh, about your posture, and your breathing or um, how to make your mind blank or whatever it is that you need to know. And I've had, I've had conversations with uh, Swami Shri, Shri uh, Swami, Swami Shri Yukteswarji, which was a uh, Paramahansa Yogananda's direct guru, his uh, master and teacher. And also Lehari Mahasaya came to me while I was sitting in that little temple there it's very real. It's very magical. One day I finally had the guts to tell another lady who was from India. She was living in Hollywood with her kids and her husband. And, um, we were waiting in line for the ladies when, um, you know, we were in the hallway and we're waiting for people to come out of the bathroom basically. And there was a picture of, um, the masters on the the wall there and I said, have you ever seen the pictures move? Cause I swear sometimes they move. And the lady looked at me and she said, she kind of looked around. And she got very quiet and she said, not only do they move, honey, they will talk to you and they will come to you and be with you. And I go, okay, thank God. Cause I didn't know if I was going crazy or not. And yeah, that did happen to me. You know, at the time I was 28 and I'm like, this is, really strange you know she said no no it's happened to me and it's happened to many people that I spoke to but we all get so embarrassed because we don't want to share our experiences with others lest um, they either don't have the same experience and get jealous or they think we're crazy so either way we don't want to you know we get a little bit um, shy about telling our experiences but she said I'm glad you said that did happen to you because it's been happening to me. It's happened to my husband and even my kids said they saw the the pictures moving. So, um, it's really wild. And, um, I always in my house when I, where I raised my kids when they're very little with my husband, we always had pictures. We had a really huge picture of Paramahansa Yogananda in our house for a very long time, almost our entire marriage. And we just felt very comfortable feeling like he was there blessing our house. And so he's somebody that I love very much. And, um, my, uh, my spiritual teacher, my guru is a part of the, uh, SRF, uh, line of gurus. He's actually the very first one, uh, Mahavatar Babaji. And he's thousands of years old and lives in the Himalaya mountains with the other ascended masters there. So, um, Paramahansa Yogananda, I don't know where he's currently residing. I don't know if he, you know, I mean, he officially died. He left a perfectly preserved body behind. They recently just in the past couple of years took him out of the drawer at the uh, forest long m- m- mortuary. And it looked like he was sleeping because his body uh, did not look um, decayed at all. And he died in the 1950s. So he's, you know, like been there, what 60, 70 years. And here it looks like they, um, they were shocked. They were like, wow, he is and was a true saint, you know, minimum, if not ascended master basically. And he left consciously God told him when his hour would be and he had a last meal, said goodbye to everybody. And he smiled and had tears in his eyes as he laid down and he took a few deep breaths and then went into Samadhi. And then he left his body the way he was instructed by his guru to, to, uh, leave. So that's, um, that's who we're going to channel tonight is Paramahansa Yogananda. So, I'm going to get into um, that state that I need to get into to telepath. I'm an indirect channel. He will not take over my body. Sometimes I might end up busting out with the accent that I hear them speak with. So I'm not making fun of the accent. Mind you, I'm not trying to culturally misappropriate anything. Mind you, I'm just trying to get the feel and the flavor and the genuine um, energy of that person across. And sometimes they will, it seems like they do take over a little bit, but they don't fully take over my body. But sometimes it does seem like they're channeling through me. Like when on Monday, when I was reading from that master, um, he actually took over my voice a little bit. Um, when I was speaking in his voice, it was like literally his voice and he, I feel like he was pushing that through. So it was pretty intense. (laughs) Anyway, I'm going to take a couple breaths and here we go okay Uh, Paramahansa Yogananda am I connected with you and muscle testing says yes and I heard him say yes and um, there we are you may begin your transmission of your message now are you saying greetings no he's saying something Okay. I got to tune my mind to his mind so we can do this a little um, more fluidly. <sighs> okay. Here we go. Hello, dear ones. It is I Paramahansa Yogananda. I have been fortunate and blessed that many have you have called me guruji, which is teacher and Master, and a whole host of other names that were terms of endearment and included the great deal of affection that people had for me. And yet, I believe it is not nearly as much affection as I hold near and dear to my heart for all of you, especially those of you who know who I am and have sent me all of the love from your dear, dear hearts. I feel the love of divine mother running through every uh, course. I'm hearing three words at once. So I feel uh, the love of divine mother running through and coursing through all of my veins and my nerves when I was, or felt, I'm sorry, felt when I was incarnate in my physical body. And now that I have reached a state of being that is beyond the body, I feel the love of divine mother is not confined to the wires and the cells of my body, but rather it is in the air and in the space around me. And it is, not only in your bodies in time, it is outside of time outside of your bodies. And it is an energy that is always here. It always exists. It is 100% yours to take in and breathe in and breathe out. This is a beautiful love energy that belongs to you because you belong to it. I say divine mother. It is how I connect to the divine. It makes me very happy when I say this because of my own dear, dear earthly mother who I loved and cherished most indubitably. She was the, the greatest uh, love example in my life. And then throughout my life after my mother came many, many gurus and many, many men that were my teachers and my friends and those that helped me on my path. And this is another point I would like to make for you is that there are many teachers in your life. There are many things that will teach you that might result in um, your deep and powerful spiritual growth and if you imagine that everything is for your powerful spiritual growth you are going to become very powerful spiritually indeed and you become uh, more humble as you grow in your spirit and this is a complex puzzle for some but for those of us on the Raja road, the Royal road or the Raja yoga road, the, uh, Royal, uh, road to having union with the divine. We know that it is not very complex as much as it is all the grand plan and the grand design. You will grow and learn spiritually and grow in your abilities and in your power And you will have the evidences fall at your feet as one throws roses to the feet of an ice skater who has delivered a most outstanding performance. You will understand that these things will come to you as you become more humble and you're humbled in your abilities because you're humbled in your spirituality and your levels of understanding increase as well as your humility levels increase. And that is when your supernatural powers that you all have been thinking about all week, they will also increase, but your focus becomes more turned inward as you journey along the spiritual path and you realize that your journey is one of self-discovery and of self-knowledge. And eventually you will learn so much about yourself that you will amaze yourself and you come into the awareness of who it is that you truly are. The spiritual masters of light for this planet we do reside in the ether. He's saying ether, but I, you could also say ether. So he's saying we do, result, we do uh, reside in the ethers, but sometimes we come down to the higher vibrational points in the Himalaya mountains and we commune with other spiritual masters that are ascended as well. And we help the villagers, you know, just like you have read and been reading in your books. We do help the villagers in the little uh, towns in the Himalayan mountains. And many of you might ask, why is it that we are there and not in Los Angeles or in your town? Why is it that the stories unfold um, of us living or other masters living in the Himalaya mountains high above far away from all of civilization when it is the civilization itself that needs us the most and I would like to say to you it is because of the high vibration the very very high vibration of the Himalaya mountains themselves they are deeply laden with crystal energy and the crystalline forms that are deeply Hidden beneath the surface of the earth, there as well as inside of the Himalaya mountains, create an energetic grid of high vibrational crystals. And our energies combine with the crystals to make it even more high vibrational. So much so that many parts of the Himalaya mountains are also completely in the fifth dimension, which is why they seem hidden. You have heard of the city of Shangri-La or Shambhala, and this is where uh, the legends come in because men of lower uh, caliber vibrations are not able to find these places even if they are on a map. You have to be vibrating and in tune with the nature of the crystals and the ascended masters themselves in order to see the city of Shambhala and we are very excited to announce that very soon. Many of you will be able to easily see Shambhala and there are many access points of it around. Okay. I said, hold on a minute. Okay. The cat meowed. She's with me. Something in the other room just happened. I don't know if you guys heard that, that I don't know something sounded like it fell, but there's nothing that could have fallen. And the cat even startled at that. Okay. I just had to say that. Okay. Parma. My Sorry. Well, hi baby girl. Come on, come lay down right here. The cat wants to come and cuddle. So we're going to make arrangement for this. Come here, my love. I will accompany you. Come per next to mommy. There's something or someone in the other room. My cat is hearing it, but she's like, "I don't want to go in there." Yeah, I don't blame you. Is there somebody here? Yeah, there's somebody here. Was it you, Parmazio? No, no, he's here with me in the room, but he's projecting his consciousness. Hold on a minute. Is are there aliens in the other room, God? Yeah, there's freaking aliens again in my house, and Mila my chanting. Are they? Are you Greys? Are you the tall whites again? Oh. Oh, I'm getting a weird thing on the back of my neck and in my spine again. Is there a spirit that needs help going to heaven? No. Who is it out here? I just heard something move around again. Are you coming to abduct me? Okay, good. Thank you. Do not abduct me. I'm in the middle of something. I'm doing my show. Okay. Like 40 minutes. I don't know if you guys are hearing them speak back to me. I'm just doing like a telepathy thing with them, but um, they're like, yeah, take your time. <laughs> so I don't know if you could hear anything, but I, I keep hearing things move around out there in my living room. I'm in my bedroom and the cat's like, I don't want anything to do with this. Are you a Laren? Oh, so, okay. A Laren just crash landed in my living room. All right. I'll be with you guys in a little bit. Okay. Okay, They're coming to take me to a meeting. Apparently you guys could hear the artifact. You guys can hear things moving in the other room, right? Not right now, but like earlier that's, um, I mean, it's like proof. It's evidence. There's someone in my house. Cause I live alone with my cat and the cat and I are right here. And you even heard the cat in here next to me meowing. So <sighs> I love when there's proof of me actually not being crazy. <laughs> okay. Far Yogananda. Let's see where we were, what we were saying. I'm so sorry. Oh, and I looked and it. I was 22, 22 guys. So, all right, there we go. Um, where were we? Uh, Yogananda, please continue with your message. Just like a bunch of noise. They're making a bunch of noise in the kitchen. (sighs) I'm almost afraid to go out there. (laughs) There's stuff moving around in the kitchen. (sighs) Hey, guys, can you, like, not touch things out there? All right. They're curious like cats. They're the cat headed beings that, that I channeled like yesterday. I don't think they're the same ones. So I think they're just other lyrics but okay. Yeah. We'll go to the meeting in a minute. <sighs> I mean, I, I have a feeling that I like channel or like I schedule the stuff with it, with a galactic federation of light, you know, and they want me to be an ambassador and go with them sometimes they come and get me and they pull me out of my body. I leave my physical body behind. Then they take me to the the meeting and I don't even remember it the next day. So I hope I'm effective. I don't even know. (laughs) (laughs) See, I I know this is coming. It's, it's gotta be coming soon. Anyway. Okay. Paramahansa Yoganandaji. Let's get back into this. I don't even know what we were saying at this point. All right, I think we were talking about the um, Shambhala and how we're very soon going to be able to see it. Oh, right, okay. Here we go. (laughs) Uh, There are many points of entry on this planet from which you can enter uh, the Shambhala Now some of you believe that there are tunnels and you are correct in this assumption. Although that is a long way to get there. There are portals of light in which you can travel and you have heard in the books and we have been, all of the spiritual masters have been paying attention to those of you um, who are very interested in hearing the books, um, the life and teaching of the masters of the far East. Many of you, are excited for every installment every week. We see that you are very excited about it. And you talk amongst yourselves about, uh, the ideas and concepts of the masters of light in the mountains, as well as the, um, the Shang, Shangri-La or the Shambhala. And, um, and, and I think also guys, this is me. Elena saying Shambhala is the other way that I think I grew up saying or not grew up. But when I was in my twenties, I used to say Shamba, shamb. It's not Shambhala. Yeah. Shambhala. So Shambhala, Shangri-la, Shangri-la. So however you want to pronounce it, I think it's all, uh, coming from the same thing. So I always loved the name Shangri-la. And I, I used to go to a Chinese restaurant named Shangri-la. So anyway, um, so Paramahansa Yogananda, please continue. So as he was saying, um, yes. So uh, there are many pillars of light that, um, are portals that shorten the distance between where you are and where Shambhala is. And you have to vibrate at a certain, um, level of high vibration and, when the conditions are just right and there are the sun rays are available, you can travel in that way. He's kind of showing me like you're walking along and then there's like a pillar of light and you step into it, but only if there's a sun rays there and he's kind of showing me pulling the energy rays into your body. but is it traveling on a beam all the way across? He says, no. He says, that's where a lot of people uh, will get tripped. Well, basically I'm saying the word tripped up. So a lot of people will get uh, mixed up or um, confused with this. So he's showing me that you um, go inside, you gather their beams or the rays of the sun's energy into your particles, of your body and you magnetize them with the sun towards the sun. And then when you find one of these portals and you step in the middle of it, and he says, you take a couple deep breaths in a certain way. I mean, he's trying to show it to me, but I'm not totally getting it. And I heard fast, fast, slow, but I don't think that just might be my subconscious mind talking. Is that really re- Yeah, he's saying that's right. You take two fast breaths and a very slow breath. And as you exhale, you imagine that your whole body is magnetized towards the portal and away from the earth energy, which is dense and heavy and holds you here. And you defy gravity by becoming the light Yeah. Okay. All right. And then, um, Oh no. I mean, I've tried, he's like trying to show me and tell me at the same time. So I'm feeling like my third eye opening up and pulsating now as he's talking about this. And I feel like my crown chakra is opening up and I feel like it's really becoming very active right now as he's showing this to me. So you activate basically your third eye and your crown and you uh, magnetize yourself towards the portal of the light, you know, and you do this by breathing in. He says for at least 10, if not 12 or 15 minutes, you breathe in the light of the sun into your body as opposed to just breathing normal under the sun. You literally imagine that you're breathing the sunlight into you, your body into your cells of your body. And you imagine that it's burning the dross away from the cells. And you imagine that you are magnetizing yourself with the sunlight and then you magnetize yourself right after with the portal. And then, um, as you're doing this, your third eye and your crown will open and you can then imagine, uh, the Himalaya mountains, or Shambhala the way that you see it but if you ask a specific question of a master of light before you fall asleep at night they will show you pictures or images of Shambhala and this is how you can imagine it as you're stepping into the portal and then that will give you the easiest or easier way to get there and this is not easy and it's not for the faint of heart and um it's going to take quite some time uh before you are able to um it's going to take quite some time before you are able to actually travel there so it will take a lot of practice and you also have to find a portal so, okay, now he's speaking again. So, yes, and you have to also find a portal. If you come across a portal, you will understand that the um particles will start to change all around the outside of your body, on the outside of your prana aura. Uh your the um prana is or usually is 1 to 2 inches from your body and so he's saying that you're going to feel like a change on the outside of the prana aura. So he's talking again, you will see, you will feel, uh, the hairs on your arms and legs will stand up. You will feel, um, almost like static electricity is surrounding you. And you will feel that there's a pressure in your body, especially in your head. And again, like third eye crown, Chakra, when you're near a portal, and when you are um, stepping into a portal, you must do so consciously with the intent of going to Shambhala or Shangri La, if you will, whatever name you pick for it. Um, it doesn't matter, you're still going to the same place, by the way. And if you imagine uh, that you're going there um, and you're in a portal and you're magnetized yourself and you're breathing correctly fast fast slow um and everything is fine and you're ready you will be overcome with the beam of radiant light that feels pink inside like a fuzzy warm pink energy and that permeates you from the inside out and you just believe with all your heart and you know with your mind and you don't allow any negativity in. And so this exercise or series of exercises that you will have to do to lead up to the point at which you could travel to Shangri-La could possibly take many, many years. We are um, telling you the secrets of this now, because in future years and months that are coming, it's going to become much more, uh, available to you. And we want you to recognize that when you hit a um, vicinity of one of these portals and he's showing me that they're all over the place and they're, they're seemingly random. Like, you know, you might just be walking in a park in a, in Los Angeles and now there's a portal suddenly there, but you won't see it with your eyes. It's just going to be an energetic feel that you have when you're there. And so what, so Paramahansa Yogananda, what will we feel? When we're there, when you're approaching a portal, it feels electrical and magnetic and you will start to feel uh, bubbly and giddy inside a little bit like you're um, an adventurer going on a secret exploration e- expedition. That, that was like the energy he just gave me, like like you're you're an explorer, but you can't tell anyone about it. You know, like you're and then all of a sudden, you know, you're going to go somewhere and you're super excited. You're super happy about it. That was the energy he just gave me. So, okay, go ahead. And as, as you are approaching these uh, portals, you will start to uh, get blessings and they might be minor so much so that you don't notice it at first. But if you have arthritis, the arthritis will dissipate. If you're having a headache, it will go away. If you are having sinus pressure or your sinuses are a little bit clogged, they will immediately unclog. You might feel a sense of being flushed on the outside of your uh, cheeks. um, As if you've been in the sun all day, but it's only been a few minutes, you will feel um, sometimes cramping in your muscles just like a pulsating wave of cramps um, as you approach the portal, which does go away within 10 minutes. And um, many oftentimes you might think you're having um, an episode of arthritis or some other pain. And a lot of people will be right next to a portal and reach into their pocket or backpack or purse for aspirin because they think it's their arthritis or something acting up again, or maybe they'll get a sudden headache and think I need, you know, to take medicine. But if you keep an open mind and you're walking in a normal place, and then you feel these energies, just breathe deeply into it, breathe in and out and ask myself or any of the spiritual ascended masters of light, to um, send you love and light and they're more than happy to do so. And they'll even send you instructions on how to do everything, but you have to ask them and they will teach you how to um, open up a portal, how to get negativity out of a portal in case it has been corrupted by the emanations of the energy of the land or of happenings that might have happened. So, okay. I have a question. This is Elena interjecting. So if you're saying what you're, I think you're saying that wars from the past have affected these portals, which makes it me believe that the portals are not just new. Like you guys didn't just put them there throughout the earth right now because you want people to learn, learn and grow through, um, yeah, you know, Shambhala, it's not like an instant thing that just happened. You're making it sound like they've always been there, and is that correct? Okay, he's saying, um yes, the portals have always been there, but they have not always been activated. So even though they have already been in place in a grid like pattern around the planet, they have only very recently been activated. This is why we're coming with this information now. So if you are walking along, you will feel all the symptoms of a portal um, being near you. And if you're standing in it, you're going to understand that you're in a portal, but it might take you a while to figure it out because it is a foreign idea and concept to you. And you also just might feel very giddy and happy And you don't know why, but you love it. And then you'll stop thinking that there might be a portal and you start wondering why you're so happy and giddy out of nowhere. And that will take you away from the potential spiritual mission of traveling through a portal. So we are mentioning this. It might take you years before you're able to run into a portal that will transport you here. But those of you who are meant to, come to Shangri-La, you are going to experience this portal scenario while randomly walking someday. We realize this is strange and, um, a highly unusual topic, but we thought it was time to bring out the information from our perspective in the Himalaya mountains. We are seeing in your immediate future um, what you would call flying cars or even space ships or space saucers, is what it looks like to us. But a lot of them are just piloted by humans. Um, the technologies are going to be massive, the breakthroughs are coming in 26 years. You're not going to recognize anything on earth from now until then everything is going to be very different and he's saying humans will have to live um, where they're the most comfortable of course but they're going to have to live next to these portals if they want to keep their energies clear I don't know. I just, who, there we go again. I just went somewhere and I don't know. I just, was I there in Champala? No, <laughs> of course not. I felt a silver energy, a white light and a silver energy. It, was, it wasn't the trying to take me. It's like, don't take me yet. I'm busy. <laughs> um, I don't know. I just saw like a white golden light energy in the a pillar. And then he showed me, um, the silver energy and the silver energy that starts to surround your, um, your aura right before you are able to travel through the pillar or or the, um, portal. Sorry. Yeah. He, he interchanges portal and pillar because it does. It looks like pillars, pillars of light and they have just been activated he's saying within the last 72 hours they've been activated. All right. So is there anything else? Yes. He says in the meantime, please keep clearing out any negativity from your past, whether it comes from you or others or circumstances when people are not involved. And, um, he's saying like example, if you were in, like a natural disaster or a storm that took out some of your belongings or even your relatives. It's still, um, I don't know. Why is he saying that? Like, I'm like, I'm like going in and out of body now at this point, the energy has gotten to be too great with the learns in the other room and (laughs) Paramahansa Yogananda's energy. And now he's talking about the pillars and now my body's like, Already starting to magnetize towards the pillars, (laughs) and I'm feeling like, woo! I feel kind of woozy, a little bit. My third eye is like activated big time, as is my crown chakra right now. It's very, very interesting. So anyway, um, he's trying to show me that when you're activated with this silver energy, when you start to align with that silver, and he's showing me it's like a liquid silver light. And it's, um shows up in the 3D world like a light metal. But in the fifth dimension, it's just a pure nebulous form. But it's formed into a column. And he's saying, um, it, it was made that way like by a lot of the masters of light have gridded these around the earth and as they do so they use their um, hands he's showing me to put up you know just to project it forward so you're very close to the masters when you're next to a portal so there you go it's very is a very weird one tonight So, all right. Um, what else I'm got, God, I'm getting very, very sleepy. I feel like the Lyrans are doing something to me. I was wide awake before this. So it's like two nights in a row. The aliens already. All right. Um, in the meantime, he's saying, when you're not worried about the portals, just meditate and pray, focus on your third eye. He said, you can magnetize yourself to this silver, light if you wish, because that will bring you closer to finding a portal if you wish. And, um, let's see. And he's saying that all of this is an option. What he's, what he's sending us this information. You don't have to do any of it, but if you want to, you can. And it's just an option. He, He says that, for those people who are ready to go commune with the masters of light and, um, enjoy, you know, the energy of the Shangri-La, you know, um, uh, you can ask to, to see it in your sleep. You can travel there in by astral, or you could physically travel there by the portals that they just were talking about. And he's showing me that they're um, They're quite um, ethereal in nature. They're easily reached by, um, via your, your physical. I mean, it's not as easy by your physical body, but it's easily accessed by your, um, well, your clear senses. Like you could see them and then have a vision of them. You can dream about them. He says there might even be a way to smell them. He has never noticed an odor of them, but he could be wrong about that. He says the energy of pink will also help you align to it, and clearing your heart of any sadnesses or sorrows will help speed the process up along. And he says in the meantime, just keep meditating, just keep chanting, Om Mani Padme Om, Om Tatsat Om, or just Om in itself is enough for one individual to chant and have the full experience of that. So he says, um, you know, enjoy your, uh, he's saying, enjoy your life. And when it's meant to be for you, it will come back into your mind and then you're going to understand everything because you've heard this message. So he said like, basically don't go around searching for potholes. I'm not potholes (laughs) portals. Sorry. (laughs) Don't search for potholes either. That's hilarious. Don't go around searching for portals. Don't go around like with a metal detector or something, you know, trying to find them. It's, it's going to be one of those things that if you're walking and it happens, it was meant to be for you. But in the meantime, you can astral project. You could dream about it. You can, um, ask for the energy of it to come to you, the masters of light who reside there, which is a great deal of them. Or, you know, sometimes they're there, sometimes not, you know, depending on what other work in the universe they need to do. But, um, when you become, I don't know, this is a weird word. I was hearing and seeing the word cobbler, but that's not what he means. And and now I don't know what the word is. It's not cobbler. It's something similar to that though. When you are, be- basically when you're becoming more and more spiritually aware, you can become more aware of other things. And whereas the typical meditation session satisfied you before, it no longer will satisfy your hunger and craving and thirst for new spiritual knowledge. And that is why um, uh, they're opening up the portals now. And he said, don't worry, people aren't going to just be leaving left and right through the portals. It's got to be earned and found and discovered by the individual um, spiritual seeker. It's not going to be something that's easily available to the public like no one's going to be able to put up a sign saying $5 to enter the portal with the picture of a famous person who entered the portal. (laughs) He's like chuckling at his own joke. He lived in Hollywood, a great deal, a a great many years. So he understands that that's his humor. like came from that, or at least this joke did. So right. Exactly. The people on the side of the road selling star maps. (laughs) There's no portal maps. He says, don't buy it. (laughs) That's probably not true. Right. Yeah. He says, be careful with this ascension thing because people in the mainstream that are not spiritual and have not done the work, they might start capitalizing on the buzzwords surrounding the movement. And they will try to diminish it because they don't understand it. So pretty much keep this portal thing to yourself. If you're worried about it or wanting to be a part of the portal, you know, it, it's going to come to you also, but you have to do your spiritual work, including your shadow work and chanting and meditating every day. And that's what's going to get you closer to all the things that you seek spiritually, actually, not just, not just a portal or Shangri-La or Shambhala, but that's one easy way to, um, get there and experience what they have to offer. Basically. All right. Paramahansa Yogananda. This is a very, very odd conversation, but yeah, he's saying odd, but true. And it was necessary to get the information out there one way or another. So that now you have another goal to work towards (laughs) basically. All right. All right. So he's like, all right, that's it. Um, he's saying um, I bow to the God in each and every one of you I love all of you and I'm grateful that I was able to be a part of your lives for this evening or he's saying or afternoon wherever you are he says don't even worry about it don't even sweat it if it doesn't seem like there is a portal near you or that you'll ever find it when you're ready it will definitely uh, be there for you. All right. So that's it. He says, "I, I love you. And I'm sending all the love that I can muster that was freshly and freely given to me by the true creator of this world and divine mother. So he's basically saying he's flowing the energy to us. So that we can experience, um, this cool, you know, this cool new vibrations. All right. Cool. Thank you. You say goodbye. He says, remember with the God in me, I recognize and see the God in you. And I ask that you are blessed. You are blessed. You are blessed. Amen. He says, he says, he's like, we saying amen, like the way that, you know, like people go, that's the end of that. Amen. So he's saying, you're blessed till the end of time, forever and ever, until the end. Amen. And that's because you are God. And that's why you're always blessed. Don't forget. All right. There you have it. End transmission, I guess. Yeah. I'm asking, anything else? No. All right. All right, guys. I'm going to go and see what the heck is happening in my kitchen. Now it's awfully quiet. You know, when you have a cat or a kid and they're awfully quiet, it's almost more... (laughs) You you want them to be quiet-ish, and then they make a lot of noise, and then when they are quiet, you start to really worry because... That's where I'm at now with the larynx in my kitchen. So, okay, well, there you have it. <laughs> uh, and I just heard something in there again. So I do need to go. I love you guys. I love you very, very much. And thank you for being a part of the show and for telling other people about it, especially those that are brand new awakening. Um, You're going to want to know this information. So um, that's it. I'll be back tomorrow with all unique and original programming, just like always. But until then I'm signing off with peace and joy and the high vibes of the Holy fifth dimension and Shambhala. Yes. (laughs) All right. That's it guys. Until next time. Peace.